Hello, hello, and welcome to today's episode. If you're new to the show, I'm so happy that you are here. Today, we're going to be diving into really talking about and unpacking your identity as an entrepreneur. And this is something that I talk a lot about here on the show. And today's episode was inspired by a conversation that I had with one of my clients. And a lot of the people that I work with and a lot of the potential clients that I interact with and have consults with usually, for the most part, don't necessarily identify with someone that is an entrepreneur. And today we're going to be unpacking what it actually is. Like, what is an entrepreneur? And we're going to actually unpack how it is that you possibly are already one and have already been one without you really identifying as one. Hi, and welcome to the Latina CEO Identity Podcast, a show for Latinas who want to take the unconventional path. I'm so happy you're here. I'm your host, Liz Fernandez, a first-generation daughter of immigrants and therapist turned multi-six-figure CEO and identity coach. I help Latinas create and claim their identity as booked-out coaches and entrepreneurs. In this show, you will have a space to help you realize just how gifted and extraordinary you already are so that you start tapping into your gifts and start creating your Latina CEO identity. Lista? Let's get into today's episode. Being an eldest daughter of immigrants innately makes you an amazing CEO. Let me tell you why. Since the beginning of time, you have had to grow up at such a young age and you have had to be the decision maker in your family since you can remember. I think a lot about my personal experience being an eldest daughter of immigrants and also being the parentified child, right? So this is also applicable to you, even if you don't identify as the eldest, but you do identify as the child that actually you know, was parentified and maybe you had older brothers or siblings that got married before you did. And, you know, you were the one responsible for a lot of the work. And what I will say is like, I remember being five years old and like translating for my mom at such a young age, right? And that filing paperwork and making decisions and scheduling appointments, right? For school conferences and following up and all of these skills that I was developing without even noticing that they were going to serve me at some point in my journey. And yes, while I was, you know, growing up really, really fast, I was also developing a set of skills that really were going to be so, so good for me as I grew older. I never forget, you know, and I'm sure you can probably relate to this if you identify with being an eldest daughter or you know, your first language is Spanish, but you you also learned English in your household. Like, I'll never forget my mom, you know, asking me to read documents and me not understanding the terminology of like health insurance and things like that. And I remember her telling me, you know, entonces para que te mando a la escuela? Like, then why do I send you to school if you cannot translate? Si no puedes traducirme o decirme que dice este papel, no? And Thinking back, I laugh and I I talk about this with her, you know, and and it's pretty absurd, you know, the expectations that are placed on like five-year-olds when you're an eldest daughter. But I share this with you because I'm sure you have many of those stories yourself, right? Where you can think about 
a time where, you know, you had to also make decisions for your parents and for your siblings. And that task and that role was given to you, right? It wasn't like you decided on it. But what nobody can take away from you is the skill set that you developed, right? Another story that I have for you is like this one time, I remember that I was, my mom used to take us to these almost like toy drives around Christmas time because she could never afford to buy us gifts for Christmas. And we used to migrate with the seasons. For those of you that don't know, I, I do come from a migrant household. My Both my mom and my dad, you know, worked in agriculture and were part of the farm working community. So we would migrate with the seasons. And because of that, obviously, during December, my parents weren't working. They were pretty much receiving a little bit of unemployment for at the time my dad was, you know, a resident. My mom still wasn't. So if you hear any noise out there, sorry for the interruption. I am in Ciudad de Mexico and I just happen to live on a very busy street. So (laughs) excuse the noise in the background, but just, you know, pretend you're here with me. So coming back to what, what I was saying, right? Like my parents never had the money to pay for these gifts. So she would take me to the toy drives. And I remember that one of the times that we were at a toy drive, we were in line to choose our gift and people kept cutting and cutting and cutting a line. I must have been like seven years old. And I remember feeling so upset because people were cutting a line. And I remember telling my mom, mom, are we not going to tell them anything? And right away she said to me, mija, tú no digas nada. Agacha la cabeza para abajo y hay que esperar nuestro turno. Let me translate that for you. <laughs> she said, like, listen, I want you to not say anything. I want you to put your head down and I want you to wait your turn. And I felt so much rage in that moment because I thought that was so unfair. We had woken up so early to be in this toy drive and so we could get our gift, right? And it was much more than actually like getting the gift, right? At the time, I just thought it was really unfair and I didn't understand my mom's logic. And I was literally seven years old. But I do remember that I told her, mom, I'm not going to stay quiet. I'm going to tell her something. This is not fair, of course, in Spanish. And she was afraid because at the time she was undocumented and she said, you know, I don't want us to get in trouble you know, I don't have papers and just talking about it actually makes me really emotional. I don't want to be sent to jail and I don't want to be deported. And if I get deported, you won't have a mom, right? So immediately I felt so much fear, but I told her, you know, we're not going to get in trouble because we're not the ones cutting in line, right? My seven-year-old logic. And I kindly walked over to the person that was cutting, right? Cutting the line. And I made the decision that, you know, I was going to let them know how I felt. I would probably never do this in my teen years because, you know, calladita te ves más bonita were taught. But I actually walked over and I let them know, hey, I've been waiting in line for a couple of hours and I have a lot of homework to do. I remember telling the person and In the neighborhood that we were living, it was predominantly white too. So here goes this little like seven-year-old Mexican girl trying to explain to this person that I had been in line and I would have appreciated it if she could go behind me or go to the back of the line. And by a miracle of a higher power, (laughs) they let me go in front of them. And then I brought my mom with me and it was such a one learning lesson for my mom to observe that taking up space 
was okay and that was safe and that delivery meant everything, right? And since that moment, I'll never forget after they allowed us to go in the front of them, my mom looked at me and said, mija, it is bien lista. Like you are so smart. Like así te tienes que poner lista, right? After she had told me, you know, like, don't say anything. We don't want to get in trouble. She realized that, you know, it was okay for her to take up space as long as her delivery was, you know, in a good manner. So I share this story with you because again, I'm sure that there's so many stories that you can relate to, that you can speak to that are no different than mine, right? And this example alone shows you a seven-year-old that was making a decision that was advocating for herself, that was taking up space and that was letting herself be seen and that really believed that her beliefs mattered. And this is me at seven years old, right? And it's an example of the leader that I was already becoming at such a young age. But you see what happens is that as we continue to grow up, as we continue to go into these different institutions, whether it's academics or like the workforce or professional trainings, we dilute that version of ourselves, right? And we all know this, like kids, they're so brave, they're so courageous, and then life starts to happen and they shine a little bit less sometimes, of course, due to the conditioning that we receive, right? And the shaming that you that exists in our world and Again, I share this story with you because inside of you, I know you can think of a story where you also demonstrated those leadership skills. You also demonstrated those CEO abilities. You were making decisions at a young age. You were leading the pack quite literally, right? You were scheduling things. You were doing it all. And those are skills that are so applicable to your CEO identity, to running a business, you are literally running a whole household, I'm sure, if you are a mom, right? And if you have kids, you are like running things day in and day out at work, at home, and you're always making decisions. You know how to be resourceful. You are freaking resilient, right? And there's so many qualities that you possess. So here's what I really want to bring to you today. One of the frameworks that I teach inside of Aligned Coaching, my signature group program that helps therapists double their therapy income with coaching is a framework called the Identity Framework. And it is paired with an identity expertise map that is a tool that supports you in really uncovering what are the three main identities that you know you can do in your sleep, right? And for the most part, these can look like you know, if you identify as an eldest daughter of immigrants, if you identify, you know, as a therapist, if you identify as a friend or a mother, right? So let's say those are your three identities. The exercise is as follows. So this is a good time for you to take your pen out. And essentially what you, what you want to do in this exercise is you want to name all of the different characteristics and qualities that you possess that you can do in your sleep in that respective identity. So everything that you're really good at that you can do in your sleep as being an eldest daughter of immigrants, anything that you can do in your sleep with therapy work, like you're great with modalities, right? You're great listening, empathy, like all of those skills. 
making decisions as a mother, right? Being resourceful, being making decisions, always thinking ahead, planning ahead, right? So all of these qualities, I want you to see that are transferable to creating your coaching identity and also your entrepreneur identity. And for some of you that feel really secure in your craft of, you know, therapy, possibly, you might be able to identify more, more skills that are transferable to your coaching identity. And if you are not necessarily a therapist or a coach right now, you might find that you have more skills that are transferable to your CEO identity and your entrepreneurship identity. But what I want you to see here with using this framework is that you, no matter what identity you're trying to create, you already have been equipped with all of these characteristics that you've developed over the years. And what this exercise allows you to see is that stepping into your entrepreneurship identity and your coaching identity doesn't have to be this big, scary thing, right? It feels a lot more realistic, almost like when you're applying to a new job, new role, right? You also have to take those transferable skills and make them applicable to the role you're applying to. The only difference in this case is that you get to hire you. You don't have to depend on somebody else to decide that you are capable of doing the job. You qualify you. So this exercise is a really powerful tool that we use inside of both private coaching and aligned coaching. And it's transformed the identities of my clients. My clients are going from not believing in themselves, not identifying as entrepreneurs to applying these concepts and frameworks and tools and showing up on social media, building their personal brands, booking their first four figure clients with coaching and reducing their therapy hours so that they could, you know, have a higher quality of life. And they're going all in. And it's so beautiful to see that just this framework alone can help you create all of the results that you've been looking for that you can never stop thinking about. And more than anything, that help you double your therapy income with coaching. So this is a tool that I really want to leave with you today. Definitely implement it. I hope you took so much from this episode and from the storytelling. And, you know, if you have any stories that, you know, really came up for you as I shared mine today, I offer that you share them, right? Start building your personal brand now. Don't wait. Start stepping into your entrepreneurship identity today. You don't have to wait. You'll be surprised that you could have been booked out as of yesterday. So that is my homework for you. I hope you took so much from this episode today. And if you know that this is work that you want to dive into and you're ready to finally double your therapy income with coaching, I want to invite you to come work with me inside of private coaching. This is going to be a one-on-one container where I support you for six months and we specifically look at your business model and support you in helping you double your therapy income with coaching and you also get access to voice message support in between sessions so I invite you to come work with me you can find the link to book a consultation in the show notes and that is what I want to leave you with I'll see you in the next episode If you took value from this episode, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review the show. This will help other Latina CEOs find us. And if you're excited about this podcast, I invite you to take a screenshot and tag me on Instagram at lifewithliz, that is L-I-F-E-W-I-T-H-H-L-I-Z. Mil gracias por estar aquí, and I'll see you in the next episode.